Before we begin this week's shenanigans, I just wanted to take a moment. This week's episode is dedicated to our good friend, Tim. Godspeed in following seas, Tim. Simplify shipmate. Until Valhalla. What do you get when you get a couple of friends who all work together and have a lot of the same hobbies and interests sitting around and sharing stories and having the type of conversations that happen at work, or at least where they work, or have worked, and combined, they have worked in kitchens, bike shops, retail, the military, farms, and a scientific lab. Well, you get shop talk. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Shop Talk with Jeff and John. Okay, hello and welcome to another edition of Shop Talk, Shop Talk 3. How you doing, Jonathan? I'm here. <laughs> As opposed to not being here? Not being here. Okay, because is there some place you'd rather be? Oh, no. <laughs> this is where I want to be. <laughs> okay, and uh, we have a special feature today um, for those of us, for those of us, those of you that have been listening, you've heard us mention him a couple of times in a previous podcast. I talked about him quite extensively last week when we talked about getting back on the horse. And that was my riding partner, Vinny. So Vinny's joined us in the studio today. We call him Vinny because he works with us and there's two Vinces in the shop. So he is affectionately, affectionately, that's a, <laughs> that's a big word, uh, called Vinny. So um, he's joined us in the studio today to chime in, or at least we hope he chimes in with his, with his keen wit and his and his impeccable humorous timing so how you doing Vinny? good good thank good. you for having me and not the horse yeah <laughs> well you know you never know <laughs> what you're going to be at any given day right <laughs> right right um so i just wanted to follow back up jonathan i know that last week we talked about the struggles of getting back on the horse and the struggles that i've had and things that i've dealt with like hey i'm not fast as i was six weeks ago da 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 struggle on the climbs but since we had that talk and we shared a bunch of things, I've ridden like six times. So I don't know that I'm back on the horse, but I am riding a little more frequently than I was previous to last week. Two things. The injury I feel is, is gone. I've, I've, I've hit jumps. I've done technical stuff and nothing hurts. So the confidence is back. So now I'm more apt to ride. So I feel a little better mentally about it. Um, so that, that's huge for me, getting back on the bike. And I'm blaming Vinny for another thing that helped me get back on the bike. We do a Thursday night ride every Thursday. and Every Thursday? On Thursdays? On Thursdays. Th Thursday evening. Thursday Thurs evening. Yeah. Every Thursday. And, and, unless we Thursday. can't do it Thursday evening. Then we do it. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going there for a minute. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes there's weather. And then previously, there was, uh, I just didn't want to. Yeah, I mean, it happens. So anyway, we, we digress. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> very, very rapidly for whatever I reason. Know. We tried. Um, so we're doing this ride, and we, we do a climb called the, the – we do a ride called the Cross, and it's a, it's a pretty good climb. It's a lot of climbing. I, I don't know. Some of the harder climbing in the area, I think, I think harder than distortion and some of the stuff we do over at Greer. But so we're riding, and before we even get to the cul-de-sac or to the climb, 
Feeney goes, well, there may or may not be someone who does the shortcut tonight. And I'm thinking, well, that's a very good idea. I like the shortcut. <laughs> it saves about seven to eight minutes of climbing, and you still get to the top, and you can still do the full run down, which got me thinking. Something we talked about, and we had it on hit on it last week, is why am I writing? Am I writing to suffer and be painful to, to make the climb that I really don't need to do? Or am I writing because I want to have fun? And when, and when Vinny said, eh, let's just do the shortcut, we can you know, get a little longer rest, then be ready for the downhill, it clicked in my head. I'm writing for me. I'm having a good time, and my good time might be different than your good time or your good time. If you want to suffer for seven and a half or eight more minutes on the climb, Hats off to you and suffer. I'll see you at the top. So that that got me thinking, and that's our sort of topic tonight, is why do we ride? Why do we sling a leg over the bike and go? And if you're riding with people that are faster than you, either on the flats, on the ups, or the downs, are, you know, what is your mentality going into that? And how do you cope with maybe not being as fast as the person out there and then where, where do you draw inspiration and why do you ride? I'd turn it over to you, Jonathan. Why do you ride? I ride so that I could be faster than the next person. Truly, is that it? No, not oh. at all. Okay. <laughs> because, because if you're faster than me, I, I'm not going to go out with you again. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. That just sucks. You know, so the, the, real, the real deal here is that, you know, you want to ride with like-minded people. That's number one. Um, so when someone does want to go through the Sufferfest, you know, I mean, that's not, you know, it's it's not a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's definitely enough people that come into our shop that are, um, are racing, are riding, uh, not even competitively, but in a very fast pace you know um they want to beat their prs and things like that um and it's funny because i you know don't relate to that anymore right yeah um i relate to the fact that i just want to get outside and i want to smell that sage um some people just don't want to be scooped up in a in a room you know i I go home and I end up just watching TV, you right? Know? And for the next two hours, I could theoretically just be pedaling or something. Mm-hmm. So that's the original intent, you know? right? Now, if you really, really get deep into, you know, why, why am I even doing this? Why is this even a part of my DNA? It's for me just to be outside. Period. That's it. So right. it's just another, another avenue to be outside, whether it be hunting which you've taken Uh up recently hiking which you've taken up recently Mm -hmm. but mountain biking or biking has has been there since i've known you it's all in the same uh realm landscape right yeah yeah. a reason to be outside it's a reason to be outside Mm -hmm. i mean early on i mean that's how it truly started right again i grew up in suburbia concrete area right so to to be able to even ride a bike through, you know, through some woods, 
fight a creek to even understand that there's a crawfish swimming inside this little pond that was beyond me right and so once i discovered that and so again you know i'm down in in uh whatever uh baldwin park uh diamond bar and so i remember going to shabaran park you know and that was in city of industry and you know they have equestrian trails out there or whatever and um uh i, I, I was along a creek and there were crawfish oh my gosh that was so foreign to me and at this point i'm now what 16 17 years old mm -hmm. you know i know i was driving yeah so i drove myself there you know that was it it was just uh it was a, a tool right the bicycle was only a tool to allow me to get outside because it was so foreign to me and that's it I did get fast. I know I got fast. I know I was riding a lot. I was on the mountain bike team in college. And that ended up turning into the wrong reasons for riding. Right. Because I had a bad attitude about training. Meaning I was training and I had a bad attitude. <laughs> you know? Uh, unlike today. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, mean, I, I so, clearly... So, so you know, he could have a have... bad attitude about service riding. <laughs> no. I mean, no. he writes service... And he has a bad attitude, so I don't. <laughs> so that's in your DNA as well, apparently. Yeah, yeah. The, the bad attitude, I mean. No, the bad attitude <laughs> is so part of my DNA. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's it's not having a bad attitude about life. It's having it's living life and having a bad attitude. Right. Yeah. So when did you? When did you? First, I mean, so you know, we all work together and. We, we, we sell bikes to like three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, people coming in and buying their kids bikes. When is your memory of your first bike? <laughs> that was hilarious. I did not own a bike when I learned how to ride a bike in the fourth or fifth grade. Okay. I literally did not know how to ride a bike really? until what? Is that nine? Nine, ten years old? Yeah. yeah. Right. Nine, ten years old. And uh, I remember being in elementary school, right? And we we're at the, in the playground near the jungle gyms, and one of my buddies was like, "Hey, hold my bike." And it's okay. <laughs> well, while he was off doing whatever, I got on the bike and I started pedaling, and I didn't know how. And all of a sudden, it clicked. About two seconds before, I ran into the monkey bars. <laughs> with the bike. Right, <laughs> and these were the old school metal monkey bars. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh -huh. Cool. Yeah. And right then and there, right there, it clicked. I learned how to ride a bike. So you went from not having a bike to holding a bike to riding a bike all in one day? Pretty much. And wow. no training wheels, no 12-inch, no 10-inch, no, no Strider, no. none no, of that a stuff. A bike was not part of our family lifestyle thing at that time. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then truly, my first bike that I got, uh, there's a picture of it You know, I put on Facebook a while back is uh geez um somewhere in sixth grade somewhere in sixth grade my brother bought me a like a 900 hundred dollar mongoose you know bmx bike and it was it was big it was too big for me we didn't know that right um you know chrome frame um red tires red grips and that lasted about three days before it got stolen out of the garage oh Wow. Along with my brother's friend's Air Jordans. 
it was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And so, sad. And sad. And very sad. And very sad. <laughs> what about you, Vinny? When did you? What's by what? Why do you ride? Well, it it goes back to the it's my escape. So even growing up, we grew up in the desert up in Apple Valley. Right. There's not a lot up there. Um, my first bike. So to kind of, I guess, go backwards with this. My first bike was an old Schwinn that my dad had given me. You know, the banana seat Schwinn. Um, he had taken everything off of it, put a BMX seat on it, painted it black, and somehow with you remember the model paint like Ravel, yeah, the little plastic model paint. Yeah. yeah. He took a brush and made a snake on the side. It looked like a worm. It didn't look like a snake, but it was my snake bike. And yeah. and that was the bike I learned to do dirt jumps. I built my first dirt jump when I was like six. And I hit that kind of like how I ride now. I flipped right off of it, landed on the lip on my back, Yeah. knocked the wind out of myself, and I was hooked. That was it. Um, but growing up, you know, in Apple Valley, there wasn't a lot to do. It was, it was my, all my buddies doing the wrong thing, like doing drugs, doing this, doing that at a young age, my mountain bike at that time, my bikes, my BMX, that was my escape dirt bikes too. I mean, eventually it was dirt bikes, but, um, now same thing, you know, being a stay at home dad, I need an escape. So I love my kids to death. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, but I am surrounded by anything but testosterone and and so to get out and ride with my friends um i i don't want to push it anymore if that makes sense like you were talking about you know we we're good with taking shortcuts yeah um but it's just so so much fun like you know to go home after that i appreciate everything at my house so much more if that makes sense like you know we get dirty i'm i'm taking a shower i'm watching dirt wash off me and to go from that to like seeing the little ones in the morning, it just makes it a million times better. I don't know if that makes sense, but no, it t- it totally does. Yeah, uh, it's the escape and to be out there. Yeah, yeah, and it's always been that. That's that's. It, it's never been about beating that other guy. I, I raced for a while. I, I just wasn't big on the the mountain bike racing, because I, to me that was my fun. It was yeah. good training for dirt bikes. Dirt bikes, I love chasing people down, but the mountain bike is just it was it was fun. Yeah, good escape. Oh, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's cool that, that it's escape and it's a reason to get out there. And, you know, I grew up on the coast in South Carolina. So, you know, you spend your, your summers uh, barefooted in shorts and, and riding bikes to the waterfront, carrying fishing poles, carrying tackle boxes, mm-hmm. you know, riding, you know, everything we did was on a bike. That was your, Jeez. That's the life right there. Yeah, that was true. that was your mode of transportation, and and I don't remember when I got my first bike. I just remember always having a bike. Mm-hmm. If that you know what I mean, it's it almost like, reminds me of uh, uh, Stand by Me. Yeah, that movie, you know, yeah. and the kids. I mean, that's their their thing. Yeah, we should live that now, dude. Well, you know, and it's funny because we I actually. Uh, changed two tires and a flat on a, on a bike today. Kid came in, his mom brought him in, and the literal tread was worn off of the bike, you know. And I remember when they when they bought the bike, um, and I actually think I sold it to him. I remember the mom and the, and the kid, and you know she's talking about the fact that he's actually riding it, and not sitting in a house in front of a a TV, an iPad or or a gaming console. 
you know, he's actually out there riding. So she didn't mind right. spending $50 a day on new tires oh, and yeah. this and that because nice. the kid's actually riding the bike and she's impressed that he's actually riding it that mm -hmm. much. And, um, you know, so I'll segue into the other part of this. Um, so like I said, bike has always been a part of my life. We not racing, not doing anything. It's exactly like when you, you know, watch Sandlot. That's how you got around. That's mm -hmm. everyone showed up on their bikes. You know, we, we rode, we carried fishing poles, we carried tackle boxes. And if your buddy didn't have a bike, you handlebar rode him. He sat on the handlebars and you rode him, you know, or he stood on the, on the, on the nuts or the, the bolts on the back axle and held onto your shoulders, you mm -hmm. know, and if your bike had a fender, the fenders were real fenders back then, you could actually sit on the fender and drag your feet, you know, so everything we did, or at least when I was growing up, we always had a bike, so. So, you know what was awesome about my second bike? My second <laughs> bike, it was still a BMX bike, and it was a PK Ripper. Oh, yeah. Uh, and PK Ripper, you know, I, uh, uh, one of my friends, uh, his dad ended up, well, owned a bike shop, so, um, ended up hanging out there a lot right and that mm -hmm. was cool but this pk ripper i'm now what sixth grade seventh grade something in that range and fast forward what is that about 10 years and so pk ripper is perry kramer mm -hmm. right you guys know that um, and Perry, you know, was, uh, he raced, you know, BMX, you know, in, in what the eighties at this point. And, uh, um, uh, Perry helped me get a job at giant bicycles. So at that time, uh, Perry was, uh, um, outside sales rep, you know, at giant, uh -huh. you know, and, uh, my first bike shop job was at, uh, uh atomic bikes in Whittier. Yeah, and uh, so we were selling Giants there, um, and, you know, that's how I met Perry. Wow. And then it dawned on me that he was PK, right? Mm -hmm. People call him PK. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, I ended up uh, uh, moving to Hemet, right? Got the bike shop job in Hemet, you know, at Bicycle Service Center, right? Um, oh, I had it chronologically backwards. I thought you did. Bicycle Service Center and then Giant. So Giant no. was first. Uh, no, no, no. Giant, Giant was after even Bicycle Service Center. Oh. So, Atomic Bikes in Whittier. Oh, okay. Moved into Hemet. Right. Okay. Bicycle Service Center. I was there for about a year and a half, but I was trying to like you know make a name for myself. I, I wanted to grow, um, and then so at Bicycle Service Center, uh, we weren't pick we we weren't selling Giants yet. And then, it, you know, w within months, in walks in Perry Kramer. And, hey, you know what? You guys want to start selling Giants? <laughs> right? And uh, at that point, we decided, yeah, let's sell Giants. And, you know, so, uh, again, within that, that year's time, whatever, I'm like, I, I want to, you know, do something bigger, blah, blah. And so PK, he's like, yeah, you know what? Shoot me your resume. You know what? My wife is a HR, HR rep, and you know I'll have her help you. You know, kind of touch it up, and we'll submit it. And even before I was able to submit it, within like two days or something like that, I got a call from the warranty manager at Giant and say, "Hey, you know what? You know Perry told me about you, and you know you, I hear you want to work at Giant." 
and it just uh, it totally spiraled into a job and to this day you know i thank uh pk for getting me really involved in the bicycle industry that's what really sealed the deal right cool i didn't i think you told that story before but i i'd forgotten but i remember yeah. you mentioned and didn't like in the last year or so we have somebody bring in a pk ripper to the shop um i don't remember oh yeah yeah well so there's the newer pk rippers you know um so se you know kind of revamped the the pk ripper line and so there's all these like the, the pk26 or what okay i'm sorry perry for totally uh <laughs> chopping all that up um i haven't followed the sc line but uh um yeah they, they definitely revamped it you know and uh you know perry's uh he's representing uh representing that lineup again oh that's so cool it's really cool so thank you pk cheers shout out to yep. the hat to pk um so which brings me to part three of this whole why do we ride um sherry and i last week shout out to sherry hey sherry hello sherry, sherry. yeah i told her we'd give her a shout out this week uh we went to visit tim by the way cancer sucks um and we sat down and we were talking with tim and his wife and one of the things that came up was like child childhood memories and we all talked about some of the things that i'd mentioned just a minute ago riding bikes like that was your that was your car that was your vehicle that was you know you had the bike that's what you used to impress the girls and you know things like that so i remember always like i said earlier being having a bike but doing crazy things on the bikes and it brought me made me think about a meme that was on facebook in the last couple of weeks they showed somebody on one of the schwinn banana bikes <laughs> hitting the plywood jump uh -huh. over with cinder blocks you know Jumping, take it off any sweet jumps. Yeah, <laughs> jumping, jumping over the neighborhood kids. I got. Did y'all guys I do saw that? Oh yeah. Did you do that? Did yeah. you like set up jumps and jump over your friends? Uh, yeah, I, I made my sister lay down. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, we were spread out. We had miles between our houses, so yeah, <laughs> yeah it was it was easier to just get my sister to go do it. Right. Yeah. Did you? Negative. Really, <laughs> but that that was a legit thing growing up where I grew up or, and, and Tim, Tim remembers it and talked about like, yeah, you take the cinder blocks, you, you get them from your dad's friend's house. Cause your dad's friend always has a cinder block. Mm -hmm. Don't know why, but back in those, in the childhood, everybody had a cinder block. And for whatever reason, there was a piece of plywood at one of your friend's house. So you had the plywood, you had the cinder blocks and then you're doing jumps. So we would jump and see how far we'd go and make a mark. Okay, lay down, lay down. I think I can <laughs> jump over you. And we're like jumping your friends. Yeah. Okay, so no joke. Obviously, I did not have this experience or this memory as a child. Either when I was dating Trina, my wife, or we were already married. We were at her aunt's house in Hemet. And uh, her little cousin had a bike and was doing the jumps. And he had this plywood and he had it, you know, propped up. And I'm like, yeah, sweet. I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. I don't see this. So this well. could go a few different ways. Mm -hmm. And so I grab his bike and I pedal and I'm ready to jump it. And I hit the ramp or hit the board. The board cracks. 
and I just Superman it and face for face first into the grass and it's just huge just scar you know on my cheek and stuff and I can only imagine what my wife or girlfriend at that time was thinking but it was like I was trying to live that moment and yeah. I'm at least 19 20 years old and it was like the dumbest thing that you could ever do and what you do as a kid but I'm trying to replicate this as an adult now. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't always translate it well. It doesn't translate well. Uh-uh. So we talk about you, you, Benny, I'm pointing and people can't see me point. You talked <laughs> about like the escape and being riding with your buds, your crew, yeah. you know, your, um, I think that is a complete and 100% reach back. To your childhood. Oh, totally. Riding with a group of people. There is something about lining up where we ride, uh-huh. and and yeah, there's a hundred cars there. But when then when everyone gets in a group and there's like a group of ten, a group of five, a group of six, and it's like, I was thinking about what is it? Why do we do that? Then the conversation that Sherry and I were having with Tim, and we talked about, well, you, when you woke up on a Saturday morning, you first thing you did it was like. What are your friends doing? You'd get on your bike, go to your friend's house. He'd get on his bike, and then you go to somebody else's house. Next thing you know, there's four of you guys, and sometimes the the your best friend's bratty little sister would go with you. Mm. So now there's three guys and a girl, and you're riding bikes, and you and everything you did was like in that group, in yep. that crew. You know, we didn't call it a crew back then, but that was so. Maybe why we ride subconsciously, or you know is to always be in touch with our childhood because that's a part of your childhood that you that you can still do. Yeah. You can get on a bicycle, ride with five or six guys, high five, laugh, be silly, double dog dare somebody to do something that if you were by yourself, you wouldn't do. So I think the tribal aspect of riding is what draws me a lot to it. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can go out there and ride a mountain bike by myself it's not as much fun. It's, it's, and I only have to have like one other person, two other people. It's just, I think the camaraderie, however you say that word, just the sharing experience of doing it with somebody else. But the more I think about it and look at it, maybe it's a way that we are as a 56 year old reliving our childhood in an acceptable manner, meaning bicycling's accepted and, and, you're with a group of guys or and gals and everyone's having fun mm-hmm. and you know you get to the top everyone's telling stories everyone may or may not admit it but everyone's suffering you know and then when you hit like you said earlier a sweet jump it's just it's invigorating it's like hey i didn't hit this jump last week and then you hit it and land it smoothly everybody gives you high fives it's like hey i you know you're accepted in your tribe i don't have to be the fastest climber i don't have to be the best descender but at this moment i hit a jump and you know your friends your childhood you know buddies give you a thumbs up oh that was cool that was cool just like in sandlot you know when everyone oh that was the craziest mm-hmm. thing i've ever seen you know so i think part of it and you know i might be projecting too much or being too philosophical but I feel that it's a part of us that allows us to retouch or be in touch with our childhood. Yeah. And I 
think the group mentality of cycling is just fun on on the fun level and you hit on it earlier that when you train and it becomes a job i don't know if the fun level is there i i i don't and i say that from a guy that was a, a triathlete for 10 years and raced for trophies and podium spots and and got trophies and podium spots and sponsorship but it's an individual sport triathlons so it was nothing to go out there you know and suffer by yourself but mm -hmm. i enjoyed the swimming aspect of it i enjoyed the running aspect of it and i guess subconsciously you kind of enjoyed the the ego aspect of it it's like wow you you do triathlons that's crazy i can't imagine swimming and running and biking all in the same day so that sort of you know belt you up and and let you go but as i've gotten older and doing more different styles of bike riding i really am drawn to the social aspect of mountain biking mm -hmm. and i think that is just what keeps me going whether i struggle to get back on horse or not it's like i haven't ridden in eight weeks the first thing i'm doing is i'm texting people hey do you want to ride tomorrow you want to ride tomorrow you want to ride tomorrow if i get three people to say yes and i know somebody's waiting on me it makes getting on the horse a lot easier and then you show up and then you realize man this is what i've been missing mm -hmm. this is a lot of fun so you know having that conversation last week with sherry and tim it it i think it it closed a lot of it, it pushed a lot of obstacles closer together for me that I was having, like we talked about getting back on the horse, and it pushed the mental aspect of it out of the way. Now it's like I'm just going to ride. If I'm the last person up the climb, I'm that's cool. Uh, and it's like we were riding the Saturday, and it says, "All right, we'll meet you at the top." And I'm like, "Well, or at the bottom, either way." Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I can. If, if I'm too slow getting to the top. I will turn around and I'll meet you guys at the bottom. So, it, you know, it's all good. Um, so I, you know, that that's my take on it. I mean, I, I, I ride for a lot of the reasons we discussed. But if you were to, like, peel back layers and look at how long a bicycle has been in my life, you look at childhood photos from a six-year-old, there's a bike in the picture. Mm -hmm. You look at photos from a 56-year-old, there's a bike in the picture. So it's how I connect with childhood that's in an acceptable way. You know, no, I'm not gonna go out and play with GI Joes or do things like that, you know, but riding a bike, that's cool and it's fun. And you you meet some really cool people doing it. Mm -hmm. Like the two people I have in this room, cool. you know, I've met you guys through bike riding and working in the bike industry. So, you know, I've, I've, I've worked in the kitchen industry, I've worked in the military, you know, and, you're always drawn to people that, that like and do the same things that you do. And I rode a bike in the Marine Corps. And I was riding bikes, and other people in my shop started riding bikes. Next thing you know, we'd have seven or eight of us at lunch riding bikes at lunch, you know, doing, doing the trails over there by the horse stables at, at Miramar. So it's I really like the social aspect of it, you mm -hmm. know. And I think, you know, there is the social aspect on road riding, but – um, it seems to be a little more like, you know, trying to push you. Hey, I can beat you on the sprint. I can beat you on the sprint. And, you know, and you, you will, you answer the challenge a little more on a road bike. I think I like both, but if I had to pick one right now, that's my, that's my draft pick, my A number one, it would be, it would be mountain biking. And mm -hmm. there's just something about it that, you know, that I really like. And, 
And I guess I'm always looking for the perfect ride because I remember in late 90s, right before I retired, Mountain Bike Action had a picture of a single track, you know, the best single track in the country. And it was through these whispering aspens in Colorado somewhere, but it was through a meadow. It was like a 30 mile ride with like maybe a thousand feet of climbing. But the single track and the things that you're riding through was like that right there is what you look for when you ride a bike. Mm -hmm. You know, that perfect escape, that perfect getaway, that perfect hero dirt, whispering aspens, meadows, and just like, ah, yeah, this is great. You know, and then there's three three people behind you enjoying and sharing the same thing. I feel it's an experience that just it's hard to put into words as I've been struggling for the last eight minutes to try to put it <laughs> to try to put it into words. But uh that you know, that's my take. So yeah. um in the last, um, ultimately, you know, I feel like my life started 20 years ago, more than it did 40 years ago. <clears throat> but in the last 20 years, I developed my desire for, I guess, for art, for, for you know, uh, imagery. Mm-hmm. And... The imagery that always will capture my eye, whether it be a photograph or oil painting or what, is a trail, a trailhead or a road that leads into the distance. And, uh, you know, to, to be all, you know, philosophical, it's, it's like where, you know, it's where the road can take you it's mm-hmm. where the trail can take you yeah you don't know you don't see what's on you know on on the other side of the trail of course right because yeah. you have to go through it hopefully there's hope hopefully there's hope <laughs> but hey. you know we make fun of that word right you know, because of the many experiences that we've had you know backpacking um but it is hope jeff no that's what's hilarious about <laughs> right. it yeah it's because every time i see one of those pictures it gives me hope and that's what i desire it's mm-hmm. that 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 forward thinking that oh my gosh what's 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 on the other side of that trail what's on the other side of that road and i i literally i desire i love any of these pictures that it just has that 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 open road and then it just it, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller into the distance right you know and whenever whenever i drive you know, and I see kind of a, a rural area, you know, like I'm looking for a trailhead. Mm-hmm. Right. That's literally what's grabbing me to go get on your bike and go. And, you know, and it's certainly a different perspective than yours, because, again, I didn't grow up with riding bicycles. Right. Uh-huh. Per se, you know, yeah. and, and I didn't have the crew. I didn't have the buddies to go biking or whatever. All this stuff really happened in like my last two years of high school and so i'm virtually becoming an adult now you know yeah so again i'm I'm attributing everything as an adult i'm not i'm not the memories are not childhood memories they're adult memories okay yeah you know mm-hmm. and and so i just feel like i'm uh i'm just continuing my adulthood you know it, it's not an attachment per se to that you know, so it's good to hear that, like, how how you're connecting, you know, back to your childhood, because I go, oh, okay, 
wow, that's not why I ride. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm again, I'm almost riding selfishly now in the sense that I could totally ride by myself. Like, well, just like I said, you know, in, when we were talking about the hunting is that I'm not going to wait for other people. Yeah. You know, if I have to go hunt by myself, I have to go backpack by myself, hike by myself, whatever by myself, I'm going to do it because I'm desiring that that adventure with or without people. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. It is fun to have people because then you can talk about, you know, the the memories you had. But even then, I could not share any of those memories and be fully satisfied. Mm hmm. It's it, it's crazy because now I'm seeing two different perspectives and it makes me think about growing up even later, like, you know, 15, 16, that's when my parents went through a divorce. My dad got his first bike at that point, his first mountain bike. And I would go with him and his friends in mountain bike, you know, and they're at that point, I'm 15. My dad was 20 years older, so he's 35. You know, I think the oldest friend he had was maybe 40. So I'm watching this, these to me, old guys. At, now I'm old, but <laughs> watching these old guys who are going through, you know, stuff as adults, like, you know, my dad going through a divorce, my his buddy maybe getting fired, something like that, you know. And it's the same reason probably why I ride now. You know, I watched my dad take biking and, and that's how that changed his life. I mean, he, he was able to escape with his friends and get through whatever he was going through you know, at home, at work, you know, and he left it out there. He left it out there on the trail. Like you said, the trail virtually being hope at the end of it, right? As a kid, I didn't notice that stuff. Looking back at it now, and and just it just dawned on me like I'm in therapy all of a sudden. This just got really deep. It did, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, the reasons you ride could be, could, well, apparently are, are deep. Yeah. And you, you don't. Well, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, right. The, you know, all jokes aside, I mean, there is true therapy for Pete, some yeah. of these people yeah. who come into our shop and they're like, they're true. looking for hope. But, you yeah. know, when I when I put the bike up on top of the truck, I, I'm not thinking that. You know what I mean? Like, you're not. Mm-hmm. That's not in your head. But, you know, after talking for a few minutes here, that could be why I still do it, at least. You know, like I said, it, it is an escape. It's, it's that primal. I mean, for me, it's like a primal drive. It's something that, that, well, you said, you know, it's part of your DNA. And it's like, it's, you know, at times in your life, it's been the missing link, but it seems like you always fall back. And Mm -hmm. it's like, if you can't do anything, you can ride a bike. Because I guess that's the one reason they say you never learn, you never forget how to ride a bike. Because if you ride a bike, it can always and will be or can be an important part of your life, Mm -hmm. you know. So, I don't know. Besides all that, it's fun. It is a lot of fun. <laughs> Speak for yourself and, <laughs> until you break ribs. Well, yeah. There's and, that. And now that we've both broken ribs. <laughs> you guys are hilarious on that one. Yeah. Well, I've really. dislocated my right elbow twice by, you know, look, Ma, I can fly. Uh-huh. You know. But if you dislocate your elbow, does it hurt to blink? <laughs> it is a good point. <laughs> I mean... I mean <laughs> No. And they agree, apparently. The dogs. The dogs agree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, breaking ribs hurts to blink, and then you can take I mean, I'm, take I'm it from there to what, el- to what else hurts. I'm done 
testing myself to go, oh, yeah, I could clear that jump. See, but I'm okay because my two, my dislocated elbow reminds me every time uh-huh. you've done enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I would probably feel the same way if it was a jump that did it. Exactly. It was a curve. I, and on Saturday, I hit ball bearings in a curve again and went down. You should hear the way my wife tells a story about how I dislocated it the first time. Yeah, I don't know if I want to know. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, so, so <laughs> not really so, a soup conversation, though, no, no, is it? The, it just got deep again. The, <laughs> the story was uh, that uh, we were up at uh, Pachia Trail um, in Hemet, and it's like Simpson Park area, um, and it's it's really it's technical rocky, mm-hmm. um, and uh, there was probably I don't know five to ten of us in a group riding that day, uh, Saturday morning. It was a holiday. I remember that because, like, a lot of businesses were closed. And uh, I was on a hardtail, and there was this boulder. And I said, oh, yeah, I could totally roll down that boulder. Right. Uh, So then um, I rolled down that boulder. So then I went, oh, okay, hey, there's a boulder on top of that boulder. So I could theoretically jump or roll down that boulder down the boulder and well that didn't happen so well so i went vertical and i mean when i say boulder i'm talking like it's an eight foot ten foot high boulder already wow and then it was like a two to three foot boulder on top of that a rock whatever you want to call it yeah so it didn't end well it didn't end well you roll you rolled down it but you Uh, i well, gravity allowed me to roll <laughs> down it, but once I hit the down portion of it, it stopped me, and my body decided to keep going, mm-hmm. um, and and I stuck my arm out, of course. Yeah, but, you know, like, right then and there, it was like, all right, someone pull. Someone pull my arm. Pull my <laughs> arm, you know? And uh, uh, I had a chiropractor friend with me, and he was like, I'm not sure about this, but okay. So <laughs> pop, you know, there was a, that. And then, you know, we ended up going to urgent care and, you know, people calling in favors, trying to get me in to see the doctor, blah, blah, you know, on a holiday. But uh, I'm, I'm perfectly okay not trying things anymore. <laughs> see, I, I was just trying to pedal up a hill. And you fell? And I fell. Not only did I fall. I fell in an area that we ride all the time. I bounced off one little. It was so bad that two of the other guys came back to look to see what I bounced off of because they couldn't figure it out. That's, that's a skill. Right? It, and the nice thing about riding with mechanics, they ran to my bike. So everybody went to the bike. I'm down in the bushes. Looking up at everybody, trying to figure out which way is up. No, really. this is the one where you. you this is the broke your ribs. This is the broken ribs. Yeah. This the first the Thursday. First, the first Thursday night I did with everybody. Yeah. yeah. Thursday night, that we went and rode, to bring it back to. Full and that circle. was our, and that was our first time riding. Yeah, that was the first time I got to ride with you guys as a shop. And you've continued to ride with me. Yeah. So that's Look, yeah. Yeah. Cool. We're still friends. Good job. Good job. <laughs> I will tell you a trail, though, that didn't have hope on it. <laughs> well, you were there, too. 
Was this the Joshua tree? The Joshua tree. Oh, that was so stupid. It did have hope. There was we, no hope. We were hoping it was, it false was hope. We were exactly. hoping it was, it was over. But listen to all the hope you guys just talked about. Oh my gosh, that was <laughs> hopeless. There's another form of hope. That what, uh, um, I don't even know what road that was. It wasn't. But it was on the <laughs> south side of Joshua Tree, south entrance. Which um, one did you the, researched? Yeah. I'm I'm not well, gonna point fingers because no one can see. Hello, <laughs> I saw a trailhead and I said, "What's hope about that?" Yeah. Okay, but it ended up being a uh, uh, off-road four by four trail, which we learned which does not does not equate to good mountain biking. It 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 should have had David Hasselhoff on it because it had more sand than the beach. <laughs> It was stupid. And, I mean, and the rocks weren't just rocks. They, no, were, they were boulders. They were uh-huh. huge boulders because yeah. we decided to ride it right after monsoon season. So everything that was in the upper reaches out. of Joshua right. Tree mm-hmm. was washed well, at down. At least you yeah. guys, you two were on full suspensions. I was on a hardtail. Well, and yeah, I'm there, just getting there is bounced that. Around. There, yeah, we, we did pretty good there. But <laughs> that was hopeless. And never again. But speaking of bouncing around, I remember the bikes being on the back of a certain car on the way there. I don't know what you're talking about. Bouncing around. I don't know what you're talking about. I need to put my seatbelt on. I had my seatbelt on and hit my head more than I've. I think I had a concussion from that, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And, And my wife says, you're the one that has to drive to work on Monday. Right. So you better watch out for how you drive that car. Because <laughs> that's your go-to-work car. Because yep. you obviously don't uh, want to ride a you don't want to so ride a bike to work. Shout out to Toyota. Your FJ Cruiser <laughs> is wicked awesome. It is very strong in the in the <laughs> suspension. Since we're that's the next part of today's topic is shout out of the week. So you got the FJ uh, speaking along those lines. His bike rack. Had to get a shout out to that bike rack. That thing up. was that thing was out there holding three bikes. Saris Freedom Four. Mm-hmm. I love it to death. That Have thing, that impressed me that weekend. It's like because I look back and it's on a rigid mount receiver hitch, and yeah. the bikes are bouncing out of view of the window. It's like, okay, it's totally cool. Yeah, yeah and no. again, because I had full faith in that design, I knew I could do that. Yeah, no, that was awesome. But if that, you like, put on a, I mean, even in the same company, you know, Saris has the super clamp. No, you can't do it with the super clamp. Yeah. Uh, and you can't do it with a, a, a Thule, you know, T2. You mm-hmm. can't do it with, you know. No, that is that is a solid four bike rack without a doubt. One, yeah. Without a doubt. And anytime we're doing a big group activity, your dibs to drive because you know hey no vinny's got one too oh do i <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i do uh-huh. dang it oh, now i have to drive you were right. being over there all kinds wow, of quiet i wasn't gonna say anything because uh, now I, I have to drive i see what you did there yeah, yeah you got the overland car so don't even oh overland oh that's a whole nother topic when you decide to visit yeah, us yeah. again i would like do. to be here for that one okay well you would have to be here for that one because neither one of us are overlanders we're only in our heads. Yeah, I mean, really, I might be too. I, I, I'm all crawl more than I do anything. Right. So we got the FJ. We got the Cyrus. What was the rack? Cyrus Freedom 4. Shout out to that. Do you have yep. a shout out? I, I, I have to say the same thing. That thing was amazing. Yeah, that that Freedom Rack. I, the nice thing about that is you can, you can put not only our big mountain bikes on there, but then you can put beach cruisers. You can put the kids' bikes. I can, I can throw everything that's in my garage yep. on that, that rack. And e-bikes. Yeah, and e-bikes. Nice. So, for real. 
All right. So I got a surprise for you um, as we about to wrap it up. Jonathan may get the uh, the uh, the reference, but I'm going to go around. I'm going to ask you for one takeaway for today, a takeaway of what we've talked about, something that you're going to take away from today's conversation of, you know, from today's shop talk. So uh, I would give you a minute or two to think about it, but then it would just be a whole bunch of nothing on mm-hmm. the on the air. <laughs> That's right. So <laughs> you can't see us scratching our heads. Yeah, I can't see the preplexed look huh. in everyone's eyes right now. Take so away. to make it easy, I will start. The takeaway that I will take away from today is that two out of three of us in this room have childhood memories of riding a bike. Jonathan. His childhood memory started at, 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 in the teens, so maybe not a childhood memory, but his drive and desire to ride a bike just as strong as those of us who have a childhood memory of a bike. So Jonathan's um, ever never-ending search for hope and the way that he searches for that hope and bicycling being one of them is my takeaway. Hmm. So, Jonathan, I'll give you well what Well said. That was very sir. good. Look at that. He wrapped it I up. I don't know if I could top that one. I answer. Wow. Cuz my takeaway was going to be don't ride on Thursday nights with y'all. <laughs> that that isn't bad idea. Well, you know, <laughs> the other vents in the shop would probably agree. Yeah. Right. Cuz I I'm, his ribs too. I, I'm I am on you Thursday guys are night. Seriously yeah. doing something wrong. This is probably really Poor advertising for our ride. I'm not going to say. Oh, so by the way, uh, by the way, Thursday nights. There is a 7 p.m. The thing is, if you're going to ride on Thursday nights, if your name is Vinny, just come with a different name and your ribs will be fine. We should be Jeff, who's not named Vinny. <laughs> but I didn't do it on Thursday night. You didn't do it on Thursday night. I did it, was it a different on day of the week. Sunday morning. Right. 20 minutes Which into a ride. Is also kind of a shop ride in a way because we ride with people, but that's cool. So, well, okay. So, uh, again, in all seriousness, uh, uh, the takeaway that I have actually been pondering has been that I need to get back out and ride with you guys um, because I've been such a solo artist <laughs> for a while now. You know, um, again, I, I, I have been riding, um, but it's, I've been riding by myself and that's it, you know. So um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I am antisocial, but maybe I am. So I just need to just get out and ride with you guys. So doing what they do at TCS, and you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to paraphrase John's takeaway to join the group to become part of the tribe again. Maybe? I guess. I guess. It sounds very intimidating. Sounds like a lot of work. Not really. It's not. Me me, me and Vinny shortcut to the cross. You can shortcut with us. No, no, not the ride, but having to talk to people. You don't have to talk to us. The, 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 (laughs) The thing that we found out is if you're in 12th gear and way in the back and literally this yeah. is all you hear <gasps> no, no on the climbs yeah. nobody will talk to you yeah. so you just go well, and you go. just yeah. go and join the suffer fest and and there you're you go. good but you know we can have a beer after or something yeah there's always beer after oh good yeah half a beer for me that'd yeah. be great <laughs> yeah we can share we'll sip from the same beer can i've learned that uh jonathan is selfish I'm just joking. No, well, a little. But, I, you know, I, I think what I kind of got out of this was I, I took something simple that I take for granted all the time, like 
mountain biking, right? And and now after thinking about it a little more, I'm probably going to cry a little on the way home. <laughs> but I mean, maybe I shouldn't take those kind of things for granted all the time. I mean, when you think about it, these things that we do, like you said, it, it goes back to childhood. It, it's It's pretty cool to sometimes stop and think, not only why am I doing this, but what's it mean to me? You yeah. know, I've never really taken the time to think, what's cycling mean to me? It's it's fun. Yeah, that's cool. But what else? What else is behind it? So, you know, well, now I'm, I have more appreciation for some of the people coming in the shop. Well, I'm glad we could peel the onion back on that. And I, I, I don't know. It was just, I feel it's a very good continuation of the conversation we had last week. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, I would have never thought that bicycles would it be a part of my dna yeah that's just silly to think about it yeah right yeah and that, that's it's supposed to be a childhood memory and it's supposed to remain a memory <laughs> that's what you hear talk to you know when you talk to other people yeah you know like what you're riding a bike yeah you mean a motorbike no, no, a bicycle where I you pedal. pedal. It. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you visit your 80-year-old parents and you have to explain to them that, yeah, I broke two ribs riding a bike. And the look in their face. The same look you got when you jumped over kids when you were 12 and skint your knee or actually landed on, you know, Bartholomew or whatever. Yeah. And his mom got mad. So whatever, you know, same look. But, you know, ride to live, live to ride. Maybe a little deep, but, you know, ride for fun. That's mm -hmm. what I say. Ride for fun. Right on. Um, quick preview of coming up. I don't know when you're going to be back. I don't um, know. Whenever you let me. Um, but it's up to you. You can come back anytime. Supply the requisition letter. Yeah. I, I'll get one. The, um, four, the four signatures. <laughs> I the, have three references. The next time that the three of us are together, we're going to play a game. I love games. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So until. Is, is it Crossy Road? No, it's okay. Red Rover, Red Rover. I don't know if that's what it is either. But we're going we're gonna to try to have a little fun and do something a little different. Uh, it takes three, so you know when you decide to join us again, we, we have kind of a plan. Thanks so, for being with us, Vince. Hey, yeah. thanks for having me over here, seriously. Yeah, appreciate it. It was, uh, it it was, was a lot fun. of fun. Uh, so we ride for various reasons, uh, but ultimately we all ride for fun, and we have a good time doing it. So until next week, uh, this is Jeff. This is John. And special guest today is Vince. Uh, so we thank you for joining us this week on Shop Talk. And uh, because these go out on Friday, I'd like to say have a great weekend, guys, and we'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.